everybody and welcome to the Ancient Slumber Podcast. This is bonus episode number two. I know we have not been on the air for very long and I shall give my reasons for that later. So joining me today for a little chat about a little film you may have heard of called Halloween is my friend Gore Blimey. Hello Gore. Hello there, hello. Uh, good to be back on here and I couldn't resist it when you said it was going to be a bonus episode. Bonus. What could I want? Not boner, bonus. Oh, Oh, OK. Well, that's fine as well. OK. Well, you're hanging up now. No, All that's right. fine. I'll carry on. <laughs> Brilliant. How are you, Mr. Gore? Blimey, haven't heard from you for a while. I'm OK. I'm being very busy, actually. Um, I've just about to relaunch Trilogy of Terror. Woo-hoo. So that should be going out very soon, actually. So, um, yeah, been very busy with that. I'm, I know uh, you're the only person I know who makes us look prolific. <laughs> I get enough stick from the Strange and Deadly podcast about about my uh, episode releases. Thank you very much. <laughs> we, we've had a new one from them this week as well. It's, I know, uh, even they pulled the finger out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was in. <laughs> I never felt a thing. Oh dear. So yeah, Myron's not with us today because I've uh, I've sent him on a mission. I've sent him off with a DVD, some twenty four hour footage from a local car park. I told him it was the new Paranormal Activity. <laughs> so I keep him happy. That'll keep him happy. <laughs> oh, aren't I horrible to him, picking on him when he's not here? No, oh, he'll probably love it anyway. He will, he will. And uh, I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen the film we're talking about, which is Halloween. Mm. So, this is going to be exciting because you saw this at a film festival, didn't you? I did. I was at Celluloid Screams recently, and it was the on the opening night, so it was the second film they showed. So, yeah, yeah, very excited to see this. Ooh, out of interest, what was the first film they showed? The first film was Mandy with Nicolas Cage. I haven't seen that yet. Haven't you? No. Okay. I believe it's coming to, is it Netflix or Shudder, one of them? I don't know quite possibly <laughs> i'm pretty sure it is i've read somewhere so yeah i should yeah. catch up with that yeah i've heard a lot of uh varying things about that yeah yeah <laughs> you'll hear even more of them when you listen to my my next episode <laughs> oh well i look forward to that um while we're on the subject of celluloid screams um i went to fright fest in the summer oh yeah because uh because you go up while i go down so oof, oof. well you go to sheffield and i go to london and um I saw, and I know you saw, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Oh, yes, yes. And I just wanted to get a quick opinion from you on it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. Um, it's surprising how gory a film can be when the baddies are little tiny puppet things. <laughs> um, I mean, admittedly, they're little Nazi puppet things and all that, but uh, it was surprisingly gory and very, very dark humour. But it's um, it's not like a classic by any means no but no it's a good uh, you know get a pizza sit in front of the telly and watch it and enjoy it it's that sort of thing oh it's good fun i liked it i loved it it was the best thing i saw at fright fest <laughs> uh, so i did like your little comment on twitter about how you thought it was very me it, oh god it's got you all it's got you running right through like a stick of blackpool rock yeah <laughs> gore <laughs> was it you said something like gore nudity nazis it's very me oh thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> I know you too well, I think. <laughs> Not well enough, sir. What? Not well enough. <laughs> right. Shall I give out some little in, bit of information on this Halloween and then we can get stuck in? Okay. Okay. So, Halloween 2018. I shall play a quick trailer. Here we go. I've waited for him. Testing one, two, three. 
we're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. He's waited for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? Halloween 2018, directed by David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy, how do you pronounce that, Matty Chack, James Jude Courtney, Nick Castle, Will Patton, Rian Rees, Jefferson Hall, and as a bit of extra incentive, executive producer is John Carpenter. Ooh, mm. Ooh that was good, wasn't it? And... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got the gills now. And the synopsis on IMDb <laughs> is Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. Wow, that's quite similar to the plot of Halloween H20, isn't it? Uh, I guess, yes. <laughs> so it's the second it's final a... confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Although, to be fair, it completely ignores everything after halloween well, <laughs> um, so do yeah, I, all the sequels the remakes and everything it just ignores a whole lot of them when i say it ignores them i mean it, it makes little nods to them through yes. the film but yes. it, it ignores all the kind of uh you know the sort of ridiculous 
plot twists and things they've added to make each of theirs a bit more original or bringing in rappers and, um, you know, <laughs> celebs and things. And, oh, yeah. They, uh, yeah. So it ignores all of that nonsense and just carries straight on from the first one. It gets back to the meat of the story. Yeah. So let's preface this by saying we are going to spoil this. So all spoilers all the time. If you don't want to know what happens, then you're, you're, well, you've probably never seen a Halloween film before then, really, because it's quite obvious what happens. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we are, we are going to spoil it. So go watch the film, then come back to it. Right. This is going to be interesting because I have no idea what you think of this film. <laughs> I know. I've been pretty quiet on this one. You have, yeah. So I don't know which way you're going to go. <laughs> Sometimes that's a bonus. <laughs> all right. First of all, I'm going to say the thing that impressed me about this film is the look and the feel of it. Yes. Completely agree with you on that one. Right from the very opening credits, even. You yes. Know, they, they nailed it. They got the exact same opening credits the font the color um the i loved it yeah i love the pumpkin but they did a sort of like a the pumpkin kind of falling apart but filmed backwards so it's sort of like it's rebuilding itself i thought well, that was really clever but yeah it's very much there's a lot of stuff that's just like the original yes yeah, oh yes they definitely want to remind you that there's a better film oh uh, uh, there's, there's a another <laughs> film um that, where this comes from that was a little freudian slip there wasn't it Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, there are lots of nods to the um, to the original the original series, not just the original film. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's based. It's Jamie Lee Curtis playing Laurie Strode forty years later. Um, what did you think of the fact they ignored the brother sister thing? Um, I was fine with that. <laughs> so I was I. I didn't really have. I mean, I always thought that was a kind of a weird sort of crowbarred in thing anyway. So I mean, uh, it's just I I don't really care what his connection with his with her is he's a you know a psycho killer that's stalking babysitters and that's really all i needed to know for the first film i didn't really care what his what his relationship was perhaps if someone had told him she's not a babysitter anymore he might have left her alone mm. Mm. Yeah, there you go. anyway she still looks quite fetching in a vest top even though she's nearly 60 <laughs> i still would <laughs> yeah <laughs> As if that was in any doubt. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but not because you've surprised me, but because you haven't. <laughs> well, yeah. Dirty, dirty, dirty yes. Am. Well, Myron's not here. I have to make up for the filth, you see. Mm. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're back in uh, in Haddonfield. Um, I don't know why she didn't move away. Um, I don't know. Is there some Stockholm Syndrome going on, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose, yeah. yeah. I suppose you would move as far away as you could. I don't know. Although, to be well, I suppose it does make sense that she stayed there. You know, she does have a kind of a reason for staying there. So, you know, which is revealed later. Yeah, she does. Because we get the, the back, I say backstory, we fill in the gap. She's been married twice. She's got a daughter and a granddaughter. Yeah. Um. So she's got a family. She's obviously uh, worried that Michael's going to come back one day. So, um. We've got a little bit Terminator 2 here with the old uh, freaky mother angle going on, haven't we? Yeah, but I, I quite liked all this. I mean, all this stuff, it's like uh, in, a, in a slasher film, normally you get the final girl. Mm. They survive this horrible traumatic experience. And then you don't really hear anything more of them. You know, So this is looking at what actually happens further down the line. So 40 years later, where would they be? And, you know, in this case, here, here they are. They obviously suffered PTSD and, you know, psychological stuff. And uh, but it's also stuff like how it affects their relationships with other people and 
the families and stuff you know their mental state and all this and i quite liked all that it gave her a lot more depth than mm. just screaming and, and running away from a killer i i thought was really good it fleshed out her character didn't it Mm, mm, mm. And she wasn't. It wasn't just a retread of her. Slightly say, forty years ago, she was sort of the. Um, what's the word? Uh, oh, what's that American phrase? Sort of a cookie cutter type person, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she oh, certainly absolutely. isn't now. I mean, it's no, no, no. It's given her all this sort of, you know, yeah, it's fleshed out. Although with Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, from what I've seen her in other films, she doesn't need a lot of fleshing out. But, uh, um. <laughs> But yeah, no, I really liked all that. And I liked that she has this relationship with her daughter and granddaughter that's a bit sort of strained. Yes. You know? I mean, they're not they're not all that sympathetic to her. I mean, the poor woman's been through this horrific ordeal and everything like that. And so she's going to be a bit a bit damaged. Mm. And even the granddaughter, who you think is going to be the most sensitive, says to her at one point, she says, say goodbye to Michael and get over it. Yeah. That's, that's not very sympathetic at all. The poor woman was almost killed by a, by a psycho killer, you know. So, yeah, I liked all that. That angle I thought was really good. They didn't just give you a damsel in distress, you know, running around and screaming. I thought that was really good. I think the fact that that line came from the granddaughter, mm-hmm. I think I, I may be reading too much into it, but they're um, they're obviously trying to pass the, the baton on to the new generation. Yeah. And is that a younger person's way of talking to an older person you know how you know when you're a kid your things that your grandparents did you th- you feel it as old and you know oh yeah world war Two was 40 years ago get over it you know <laughs> yeah 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 being flippant about it but that's you know and i just think maybe that's just the sort of the way that the granddaughter would be possibly um i mean it's interesting you say about the passing the baton on and stuff like this i mean whether or not she's being uh you know may she's like a sort of a a younger version of laurie i don't know because Mm. there's a couple of clues that make me think that is uh i mean one is that um they deliberately cast someone that was unknown which is what they did with jamie lee curtis they didn't want a big name in that role Mm. and they the the granddaughter they deliberately did the same thing but also just a little thing like i liked there was a scene near the beginning where you've got um i can't remember the granddaughter's name but her and two of her friends walking along with the books walking to school and it's just like a scene where laurie and her two friends are walking to school that's right except it's uh except it's a, a boy and a girl rather than two girls you know but and i thought oh that's almost setting her up as if she's lorry you know so yeah. I, I might be reading too much into it but i just thought oh, that's that's quite interesting there so whether they're going to go in that direction i don't know in the future i wouldn't know well you could extend that really because you had this whole sort of um not a subplot as such but a little her, she had her own little storyline with her boyfriend mm. Mm. allison her name is by the way and um, right you know, because in the original, Laurie was, she was a virgin. She, you know, she was scared, not scared of boys, but she had that boy that she admired, but she'd never sort of been out That's with right. and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And in, in Alison in this, she's, they're really playing up the boyfriend angle. They are, yeah. They're at the prom or something, aren't they? And then <laughs> when they're supposed to, you know, go off and sleep with their girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And, but it doesn't get that far because something happens. Well, there is a, I quite like that. She's very far from shy with him, you know, and they're, they're very different in their attitudes and stuff. So, I mean, there's the, there's the fancy dress thing. Is that the bit you mean when they go sort of to this party? And they go, they decide to go as Bonnie and Clyde, which is probably not the most sensitive thing to when you've got a grandmother that survived a, a, a serial killer to go off as sort of like infamous killers who end up being shot and stuff, Bonnie and Clyde. But, 
but also I like the twist where they they did go dressed as Bonnie and Clyde, but <laughs> he was dressed as the woman and she was dressed as the man. So oh, I saw that coming. Very, <laughs> did you? I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, because they made they made a, too much of a point of of saying, oh. "Oh, we're Bonnie and Clyde, but with a twist." Uh, hey, <laughs> well, what else are you going to do? You know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was busy thinking. Well, that's big enough twist as it is. You know, telling them. Yeah, but anyway. How anyway, about, yeah, how so... about if they'd have gone as Laurie and Michael? Oh God. <laughs> well, they could have played up the local legend angle, couldn't it? Yeah, there. That probably would have been the the only thing that would have been less good taste. <laughs> but it, I did think that the relationship between Alison, her boyfriend, and the friend, the best friend, was a bit strange. Right. Okay. I don't know whether it's the way the actors played it or what, but what you know, there was that scene where Alison and her boyfriend are in the corridor at the school. Yeah. And the best friend, I can't remember his name, uh, the kid with the long hair. He came yeah. up and he gave them both a kiss. Oh, yes, yes. And I thought, is this... <laughs> How can I put this? <laughs> he, yeah, he quite yeah a... I suppose it was a little bit. It yeah. just, it, the way that it was framed and the way that the actor sort of kissed the boyfriend first and then sort of went over to the girl as if it was an afterthought, I just thought, <laughs> is, is the boyfriend going to be gay? Is she going to find out yeah. at the dance that he's been cheating on her with the best friend or something like that? Or And I just thought, oh, they're opening up a storyline here where... It did seem a bit... I, I noticed that as well. I thought, oh, that's unusually friendly for a for a, a best friend to And do. he was but quite they, camp, the actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I assumed that he that the best friend was, was gay anyway, hmm. you know. Up until um, one of the scenes later, I assumed that anyway. But they, they sort of didn't really go any further with that but um yeah it was a bit odd it was just a bit of an odd scene and it just sort of set a weird tone when you were with the kids rather than mm. with the adults mm. it was just one of those things but i don't know whether it needed fleshing out a bit more or because it just seemed the whole boyfriend thing just seemed to be a bit over a bit quickly yeah yeah mm. and unusually the boyfriend spoiler is the only one who survives mm. well, well not mm. the only one but out, well, of the, no, but out of the friends yeah, and usually yeah. it's the people who've done, who've uh, been a bit naughty, are the ones that get killed. Yeah, yeah. So don't know whether whether it's a, a deliberate bucking of the trend or just something that was. That's why I wonder whether they just deliberately tried to sort of twist it that way. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, okay. Um, mm. And then we've got the daughter. Yes. Played by yes. Judy Greer. Her her name was Karen in the film. Um, a bit of a non-character, I felt. Yeah, I was thinking about the characters and, you know, what I thought of them earlier on. And she was the only one I thought, well, I don't really have any thoughts about her. <laughs> She's got one key moment at the end of the film. Yes, yes. And we might get there in a bit. But um apart from that, I didn't really see. She was quite standoffish to Laurie. Yeah. All the time. Um She wasn't very friendly to her own daughter either. Yeah. And what the fuck was up with that husband? He was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get him. He just seemed to be, I don't know. There's a comedy on British television at the moment, and I can't remember what it's, is it Friday Night Dinner or something? Yes, it's yes. And the dad in that, he's a bit weird, isn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. he takes his clothes off and just walks around the house and all this sort of stuff. And that's, that's it, yeah. That's the vibe I got off this guy in Halloween. Yeah, yeah. 
they didn't really make that much of an impression on me, to be honest. I mean, I get that the mother was a bit funny about the, about Laurie because of obviously when she was bringing them up, all the background had affected her and this overcautious, you know, overprotective stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, so she, that sort of turned to resentment. And so I guess that's what that's all about. But, um, so I sort of got the point, but the characters themselves were very forgettable, really. Yeah. But then I don't think they were that important generally. I think it was more about Laurie and the granddaughter were more the focus. Yes. Yes, I think you're right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, strange. Um the other main character I wanted to mention is I call him the um Donald Pleasance replacement. Yes, yes. And Laurie actually calls him at one point, she said something like, You're the new Loomis and you couldn't put a better description to him because he he looks the same mm. and he sounds exactly the same he really does sound like him dr sartain his name is yeah see this is my big gripe with this film you don't need this character mm, unless he's there just as a sort of a callback to the original um you know but they do sort of have a bit of a twist with him but then you know the film carries on without him because if you think about it laurie is the new loomis because she's the one hunting michael yeah, that's true. And this Dr. Sartain character, as soon as he came in and he introduced himself, you thought, hey, he's up to no good. Mm. Which proved to be correct. Well, yeah, I think especially as he looks so much. I mean, it's probably deliberate that they've chose someone who looks such a lot like Loomis and sounds such a lot like Loomis. Mm. And then bring him in as if he's in that same role that they're going to therefore twist it around you know so you're expecting him to be there and do that but then he isn't really you know that's mm. the kind of a twist with him he isn't a loomis replacement <laughs> i don't know whether it's the way the actor pitched it or how he was directed or what but i just felt he was a bit sort of mustache twirling villain <laughs> i mean i'll spoil it now he turns out to be not as uh his intentions towards michael aren't as I would say good as Loomis is. He doesn't just want to put Michael down. He actually wants to experience what it's like to kill people. And I just felt it was too telegraphed too early on that he was going to be up to no good. And it just seemed to be an extra character in there you didn't need. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I, I think he's just in there to sort of play around with you, really, because you play around with what your expectations are. Because in the original you had Michael, Loomis and Laurie, and now you've got yeah. Michael and Laurie, but no Loomis. So let's yeah. have someone fill yeah. that role. But the way the story is, you don't need that role because Laurie is now Loomis. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just there as a sort of a red herring, you know. Oh, yeah. But say it was just the way it was pitched and the way it was played. It was just maybe I've seen too many of these things. <laughs> as soon as he came on, I thought, well, he's going to be he's going to uh, turn out to be a, a bad egg. <laughs> yeah i didn't really think of it but then i didn't really think of much really i just <laughs> sat back and watched you know i didn't uh, i didn't analyze it too much <laughs> no i didn't this is all stuff that happened afterwards really because while i was mm. watching it i was just let's say just sit back let it wash over me and see how i come away with it and yeah. then i come yeah. away and i thought yeah, yeah yeah that was all right that was a halloween film wasn't it and then over the week since i've been since i've seen it i've just started picking at it Okay, right. Yeah, that character really bothers me now. <laughs> no, it didn't bother me too much, but I, I, I take your point. Okay, so that's our main characters, really: Laurie, Michael, yeah. the Doctor, the kids. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. I wanted to mention one scene, my standout scene, which I absolutely loved. 
Oh yeah, tell me about your standout. Go on. <laughs> Ooh. And most most people have seen my standout, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you haven't got your webcam on. <laughs> but that's enough of that. The bit of Halloween I liked was um, no, it was in one of the trailers actually. It's the um, when Michael comes back to Haddonfield. Yeah. And he walks into the person's garage and picks up the hammer. Oh yes, yes. I loved that. It was just the way the camera followed him through all the houses. Yes. Yes, like sort of one big, long take kind of thing as he yes. walks through. Yes. Why wasn't there more of that? <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was good. I mean, they, they did a good job with things like um, the, the nighttime scenes with the lighting and atmosphere and all that. And I love that scene because he's walking through and there's all these little kids running around. Yeah. Um, and it's just like nobody would bat an eyelid because he's walking through all this and it's Halloween. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were also little kids running around with Halloween three masks on and things oh, like that glad, as well. I'm glad you spotted that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was but one yeah, of the no, uh, I like, callbacks. I like that as well. I thought that was really good when he walked in. There were some really good scenes like that. There were, you know, some scary scenes that they did. I thought they did really well. Like what? I really liked the um, when the bus that was which you knew what was going to happen. The bus is going to take him from his rehab center to his new place. Mm. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, that's not going to get there. And I thought that was done really well. I really liked the the way it was all lit, the way it was the way it was filmed and the suspense and everything of of that. The sort of arriving at the scene and there's this bus on its side and it's all dark. It, it's very predictable. But then well, that's fine. That's what I was going for. <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Do you think that Dr. Dr. Sartain had a hand in having that bus crash. Oh, you have thought about it far more than I have. Mm. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. It was just obviously the way it's Halloween night. They're going to transfer yeah. Michael Myers. Oh, there's yeah. a bus crash. Even for a slasher sequel, that's a lot of contrivance right there. Yeah, yeah, true. And the way it was glossed over in the story. Oh, look, oh, the bus has crashed. I'm just thinking, right, the doctor has got to have had a hand in that. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really looked at it that way, but. It could have. <laughs> or am I just overthinking this? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it could. Although, having said that, if he had, he may have just got away and that was that. Mm. You know, he, that would be, yeah. I liked that scene. I thought they, it was it was filmed well. It was, you know, it was really atmospheric. Mm. The way they showed up and they were all walking around and the, the patients were walking around in the white gowns. Yeah, a bit reminiscent of the first film where yes. you see the patients walking around in the white gowns and stuff. But it was just something very, very eerie about it. There was something like you know something is bad has happened or is going to happen. Mm. In a way, it actually put me in mind of the beginning of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh, right, I've not seen that, so... Have okay. you not seen it? No. Oh, well, you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's some shots of that, because, I mean, obviously I know everyone hates Halloween 2, except for me, but um, yeah. there's a lot of um, Michael being outside in the wilderness type shots. Right. At night. And there's a scene in that where somebody uh, follows him across a field and all you can see is like Michael in the headlights going across this field and all this sort of stuff. It just put me in mind of that. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also like they did a scene. um, They did a scene which used mannequins and I thought that was really good. It's a really simple idea, but it's just really creepy. It was. That was good. But then uh, you have to think, why has Laurie Strode got a house full of things that Michael can hide behind? (laughs) <laughs> yeah surely I, you'd want him out in the open true true i i think again you might be thinking a bit too this is a slasher <laughs> film you might be thinking a bit too much about Tr- some of these things. trouble is this is all post scream now isn't it we've all got to think mm. about these things yeah 
But saying that, if you look at the, if this film writes off the continuity of the series as it was, then the people in this film aren't really aware of slasher films, are they? Oh, that's getting very meta. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm getting God. philosophical here. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 God. There you go. Something else to th- think about on another level now. Yeah. And there was me thinking I was just going to go watch someone stab people and <laughs> things like that. Well, we did watch someone stab people because the kills in this are very good. Yeah. Lots yeah. of gore, which I liked, but not, it wasn't sore levels of gore. No, no, no. It was it, it was good. It was very well done. I, I loved uh, one of the things which is it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I thought was really effective as well was the uh, he does something with teeth, which was really, really creepy. Yes. It was just like, oh, who on earth thought of that? I mean, I don't know if you were a serial killer, it would cross your mind to do that. But what a horrible, creepy thing when you sort of hear this pitter patter noise of these things dropping on the floor and mm. look down and they're like blooded teeth. <laughs> I did think, though, that Michael Myers, being the person that he is, I think he'd be able to kick in a toilet door. True, true. (laughs) It would have been a much less interesting scene, though. It's true, yes. That that was a good scene. And, yeah, that was the two podcasters, wasn't it, who were trying to get information. Yeah, Yeah, bloody podcasters. I'm pain in the arse they are, but Ah. um, I'm I'm glad they got it. (laughs) They were kind of, they had sort of, um, you know, written all over them at the beginning. They're not going to make it very far. Yeah, they were just a plot device to sort of kick it into gear, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. The opening scene was very good they were in, though. I mean, they were just sort of in this main scene where they first meet him. You don't really see his face, really, mm. but you see him standing in the middle of this sort of big yard, like chained to a spot with a big yellow line sort of drawn around him, you know, and all that. Like the chessboard, and I th- wasn't it? It was, and I thought that was uh, that was surprisingly tense. That nothing really happened in it. I expecting you know all sorts to kick off, but it was built with the others making a lot of noise and and all this happening at the same time. It was building up and building up, and and I thought that was quite good. And I did like when they said about you know don't cross the yellow line and all this stuff. I did get flashbacks to the Wizard of Oz, which is <laughs> yeah a film that's not that similar to this, but uh, yeah, I thought that was another really tense scene, although surprising. Nothing happened. If you notice, it was all the other inmates making the noise and not Michael. He was just stood there not making a sound, which was, I thought, very effective. Yeah, yeah. Great start to the film. Good start to the film. It only really took me out of it when they offered Laurie Strode $3,000 for an interview. Yes. (laughs) What what podcast do they do then? They've got (laughs) $3,000. I know. Oh dear, I'm lucky to get five listeners, let alone $3,000. <laughs> if I had $3,000 to pay for I wouldn't be paying for Laurie Strode. I'd be getting new equipment. I wouldn't be getting, <laughs> getting some people to interview. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so yeah, so Michael comes back to Haddonfield. He finds Laurie. Um, yeah, again, it, it all just felt a little bit convenient, the way it all quickly came together. But again, I think I'm probably looking into it a bit too much. Yeah, I just think it's a slasher film. It is, it is. All right, let's get on to the ending then. And we are going to spoil this. I like Laurie's kitchen. Yes, I. yeah, especially her little secret opening. I'd, I'd love to see Jamie Lee Curtis's secret <laughs> opening. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's surprising. You know, you move, you, you, you press a button. It's very 60s spy movie kind of thing. Isn't oh, it? very Bondy, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, she press a button and then her her sort of cupboard thing moves across and then you can see her like bottom hole thing. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know, you would describe it as like a cellar, sort of a secret. <laughs> I don't know why, but I want to go and watch Trading Places and True Lies now. <laughs> now you've mentioned seeing Jamie Lee Curtis's bottom hole. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I bet it's not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, so you... Um, you go downstairs into the basement and there's lots of guns and lots of weapons that she must know can't really kill Michael because <laughs> she's tried before. Yeah, yeah. But there is a twist. Yes, there is, yes, yes. There is a twist. Uh, yes, they have to lure Michael in there. It's a trap. Mm. And it works. Yes, yes. I did feel that the ending, as much as I liked it, I thought it was really good, I just felt it was a little rushed. Yeah, I was, as you were saying, I was just thinking the same thing. It was a bit convenient and a bit kind of that was it done. I mean, I, I like the idea of it and it was quite exciting, you know, the, the, the build up to that and, yes. and everything. And the fact that it turned into a cage. I, I liked all that, but it did sort of like, oh, oh, that's that. I like the way that Jamie Lee Curtis came out of that dark doorway, much like Michael does in the first film when he comes out behind Laurie. Yes, yes. And yeah, there was a well reverse that yes, she comes yeah. out to him. I thought that was that was really effective. I like that. Yes. No, that was that was good. Yeah. I it was it, I liked all that. You know, the sort of final girl sequence and everything was really good in this. So it had all the slasher elements there, you know. Except this time it was a final granny, you know, because obviously she's <laughs> a grand well, you know, grandmother, you know. She is, she is. Um Judy Greer got her character moment. Yes. I really yes. like that. I thought that was quite good. Yes, mm. she uh, sort of plays the victim and says She's calling for her mother and mommy, mommy, help me, help me, blah. And Michael suddenly appears and she raises her rifle and says, gotcha. <laughs> Which I thought was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but that was her yeah. character moment. She had nothing else to do in the film but that, really. Yeah, yeah, that was a big moment, yeah. But it was worth it. So, yeah, so uh, Michael goes down in a blaze of glory, so to speak. Yes. Or does he? Because <laughs> we don't see a body. No, no. And there are I, there are rumours about them making another sequel and you know to this and stuff. So mm. it's it's gonna it will have made a lot of money. <laughs> it has made a lot of money. Yes, yeah. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sequel. I saw a statistic today that said um, in 2007, Rob Zombie's Halloween made 26 million in its first weekend. Oh. And this Halloween has made 32 million on its second weekend. God. Wow. That's impressive for a film like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How would you feel about a sequel? Uh, hard to say, really. I'd, I'd almost definitely go and watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whether, sure. whether I'd actually believe it was going to be any good or not, I don't know. I mean, it all depends on who's involved and, you know, in the in the writing and directing as well as the starring, you know. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't feel there has to be a sequel to it, but... No. Um, I would almost certainly watch it anyway. I mean, one of the things I liked about this is that it it was a slasher movie and it, it was unashamedly a slasher movie. It mm. didn't feel the need to dress it up in irony and humour and lots of meta stuff. I mean, there's bits in there, but it, it didn't feel that it had to do that or, or add any other things or feel that like it had to go in a completely different direction or add anything new. It's like, no, it just went back to basics. You know, and it just did what the first film did. Yes. You know, and, 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 and because of that, because it, it stuck to that, it gave me what I wanted rather than giving me something that was what someone, I don't know, tried to make different. It just gave me what it was. And for me, I thought it made it a, 
you know, in in the Halloween series, it was it was a strong entry. And I mean, if you know me, I, I do like a strong entry. <laughs> I've heard you force your way into a lot of entries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, OK, well, that said, how do you feel this shapes up against Halloween H20? been a long long time since i've seen h20 to be completely honest so my memories are, f- are very fuzzy um i don't know i think this had this made more of an impression on me than that mm. did you know i that's that's about as far as i can say really because i think if i'm i did do my ranking of it on um on twitter you did what sorry ranking with an r with an oh r. i see i thought you were talking about jamie in trading places and stuff like that again <laughs> i should be doing that later <laughs> and oh, um yeah and i think I like this. I don't know if I like it better than H20. I think it is better technically. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. like the atmosphere and the setting and the the way it goes back to the first film. But yep. I didn't feel as invested in this as I did in H20. Okay. For some reason, I don't know why. I just felt more invested in Laurie and Michael in that film. Mm. Mm. I don't know okay. why. Mm. No, I don't. I prefer the Michael Myers in the new one. Well, he's the original one, isn't he? He's the same actor that was in the original. Only for, some, only for some scenes. Yes, yes, yes. But um, I like that they, they brought him back. I yes. thought that was good. Because he must be about, I don't know, how old? 70? He's about, about 70, I think, yeah. Yeah. And also, how? Oh, of course, you haven't seen the Rob Zombie ones, have you? No. Oh, well, I can't ask you how that compares then, can I? <laughs> All right, for, forget everything I've ever said then. Right. <laughs> You're going to have to watch them, you know. Mm, yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> Why don't you want to? I've just, I don't know, I've never been that, I don't know, I've just never been that, um, never felt the need to go out and watch them. I don't know. Mm, you, you might enjoy it. I might do. I, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't. <laughs> don't feel obliged <laughs> to, I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I just, you're the only person that seems to like them. That's, that's not really a thing that encourages me to go and see them. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> I, I've actually got both of them on, on DVD. I just okay. haven't actually sat and watched them yet. That's all. There must be, um, there must be, uh, you know, a plan to watch them at some point or other. I just haven't done it. That's interesting, actually, because the version that's on DVD in the UK of Halloween 2 is the theatrical cut. And that's, okay. that's the worst cut. Oh, right. Okay. It's the director's cut that makes the difference on that one. Right, right. So, yeah, there are quite a lot of differences between the two different endings and all sorts. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Well, maybe one day you'll get to it. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sure I will one day. It's just when. But yes, <laughs> if you saw my if you saw my my pile of DVDs to watch <laughs> to get through. Well, yes, it's in yes. there, but it's probably quite a way down the list. I can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> OK, so let's wrap this up then. So Halloween 2018. How many crashed buses out of five do you give it? Oh, it's a tough one because I really liked it. Mm. It has its faults. But I don't know. I'd probably go for oh, four or four and a half. I'm really tempted to put it high. How is that? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'd say four. Okay. Hmm. Okay. When I came out of the cinema, I thought four stars film. Yeah. And then as I got home and sat down and thought about it, I thought maybe three and a half. There was quite a few flaws. Bits I didn't like. Bits I did like. Meh, 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 meh. And then now I've had a week to think about it. I've gone down to a three. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Good job you're doing this now and not in a week's time. I know. I'll probably hate it next week. No, yeah. I don't hate it. I do like it. I do like it. And I think 
it's what they sh- what they should have done. They were going to do a sequel anyway. I've never I've always said Halloween never needed a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I think out of all the big franchises, it's the best part one out of Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween. But yeah, it, but it's the one. Oh, out yeah. the, it's the one out of the three that is the worst franchise. Yes, yeah, I can agree with you on that. Yeah. So to me, John Carpenter's Halloween will always be the best. Obviously, I love the two Rob Zombie films because they're their own thing. They don't relate to the original one. Yeah. After that, I'll take H20 and Season of the Witch just for a bit of fun, but that's it. Mm, mm. If you put this in front of me and H20 in front of me and said, watch one right now, I don't know which one I'd go for. Oh, I'd go for this. See, I'm, I'm thinking H20. Mm. Even though I know this one's technically better, it looks better, it feels better, but I don't know, I just, I wasn't as invested yeah i need to watch h20 again i think because it's been years since i've seen that so i don't remember a lot but i know this i really enjoyed and and it just felt like uh you know i like the original i like this these are the two you know this is uh, this feels like my favorite of the sequels and remakes and things yeah i think it probably is the best sequel yeah i'll go i think i think it's well produced i think it's Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, is amazing in it. I think she really does a good job with the character in this. She's really good. Yes. I, I liked the little knowing bits in it. They weren't, they weren't like Scream where it's really obvious. You know, it's, it tells you these are knowing things. Um, they were subtle enough. If you see them, you see them. If you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you weren't familiar with the original film, then it wouldn't matter. No, but if you are, you might spot them and it's fun, you know. Mm. Um, it was genuinely scary and tense in several of the scenes, which is what I wanted. And it looked good. It, it did. It ticked all the boxes for me. It was a slasher. It didn't try to be anything else. It's what it was. Mm. And I think it, it did, it did that really well so for, that's why i i really liked it i i really like this and this is one i would go and find on blu-ray when it comes out well well i will anyway because i've got all the others yeah i've already yeah. pre-ordered it and on dvd <laughs> i'm a collector i can't help it both blu-ray and dvd yeah i've got this wow. weird collecting gene in me and there are certain franchises where i have to own blu-ray and dvd because in my head i might get stranded somewhere with only my portable dvd player for company <laughs> And I might need to watch, and I might need to watch it. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, no. Plus, plus, I can uh, put a copy of of DVD onto my iPod. That's true. That's true. I can't get the Blu-ray, but um, yeah, I think if they were to re-edit this without the Doctor character in, I'd probably be a lot more favourable for it. But he he dragged it. Really did drag it down for me. Okay, I, I didn't mind him that much. But, um, yeah, fair enough. Apart from that. But, yeah, I like Michael Myers in it. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. So I like the look of it. And, and the little boy, Julian. We didn't mention him. Oh, wait, that was the the babysitter one. Was that the one? Yeah, the little uh, kid who was. Uh, oh, he was good, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. He was very good. Very good little actor, actually. Yes, I imagine he's going to pop up in a, some more horror films. Or, or some mm. him get snapped up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So yeah, you liked it more than me, but um yep. I still liked it. Um I'd be interested to hear what Myron thinks of it when he finally gets around to it. So um I'm sure he will tell us. <laughs> when he's finished with his car park video. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Aren't I rotten? <laughs> oh well. Brilliant. So yeah, that wraps up our little chat then really. So uh, yes. brilliant. When's your next show out? Can you tell us? 
very soon actually i'm in the middle of editing at the moment so uh, hopefully it will be very very soon um but in the meantime um i've got a, a web a new website so you can find out more about the podcast there which is on trilogy of com. so it will be put up there when it's ready but it will also be available on the usual you know itunes um apple podcast and it, i'm on twitter as well you can find out on there when it's coming out if anyone wants to at i am gorblimey or one word so um you know keep an eye out it should be soon excellent excellent and uh, yeah if you want to get in touch with me or myron we are available on what's my fucking email address <laughs> <laughs> Ancient Slumber Podcast at gmail.com and uh, we are on Twitter at Ancient underscore Slumber. I promise you there will be some more Ancient Slumber related stuff coming in the future. As to when it is, I cannot tell you, but there is more stuff coming. So if you are subscribed to the feed, do keep subscribing. Thank you very much. Let's say goodbye then. Bye! Bye. Thank you.